0: Possibly Hello, is. and welcome to episode 68 of the Scottish Liberty Podcast with me, Anthony Samaroff. And me, Tom Lill. That's right. What
1: have we got in today's fun-packed show? Today's fun-packed show, well, we're going to touch on the uh, <laughs> the Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, Rapey Maybe thing. Maybe cover <laughs> rather than touch upon. <laughs> touch upon have first choice. Although it's not a laugh, laughing matter. It's not a laughing matter. Um. Uh, Unless you're Michael Gove of course. Uh, Did you hear about Michael Gove?
0: I didn't hear about Michael Michael Gove, Gove, uh, enlighten
1: me. Okay, for those of you who don't know, Michael Gove is a Conservative uh, Member of Parliament, he was also a Cabinet Minister and he was on the Today programme which is uh, on Radio 4 in uh, the UK, it's kind of a current affairs programme, flagship programme actually for Radio 4. But on this particular morning they had a live audience and it was, the guests were um, Michael Gove and Neil Kinnock, former leader of a failed uh, uh, leadership, uh, failed leader of the, the, the Labour Party, uh, uh, now Lord Kinnock, of course, of course. True, true to his socialist principles. Um, so they were on the show and they, they kind of reversed roles. Uh, the Today programme usually grills the politicians, but this was the politicians chance to, to grill the, the, the Today presenters. and. The today presenter, John Humphreys, was speaking to Michael Gove and Michael Gove says, well, John, you know, uh, being interviewed by you is a bit like being invited into Harvey Weinstein's bedroom. And the audience sounded, it was very funny. Uh, John Humphreys laughed, even Neil Kinnock, who's notoriously humorless, uh, laughed. Um, But I knew as soon as he said that, I went, he's gonna get some shit for that. And he did, and like the craven you know fool that he was he actually apologized uh, instead of just saying look I made a joke I'm not making light of rape or uh, sexual assault I just made a a, a, a joke, gag, and, yeah. and, and people and people laughed you know yeah. was, I thought it was funny you, know? you can't
0: back down because Ain't in done. these days if you do you're finished uh, you just need to go look I was just kidding uh, I don't support anything that Harvey Weinstein did. In fact, the fact that I even made a joke about it is because we all know how inappropriate yeah. what Weinstein did is. Yeah. Therefore, we're all laughing in concert about how deplorable it is. We're not promoting it by laughing at it. And yeah. that's the truth. That's that's why we, we make light of these things, because the thing that is funny yeah. is the fact that we all know it's wrong. Yeah. If we didn't I, know it was wrong, like if someone makes a, a racist joke, it's uh, it's funny because you know what's wrong. Like, if if it's not if you're not laughing because of that, you're just a bunch of racists, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
1: and it's it's, it's also sh- funny. It's a shock no value as well. I guess okay. Well, while we're on this, we might as well just launch. Just start off by, by by talking about this subject then uh, and get sure. it out, get it out of the way. The the whole thing has snowballed. Um, they're you know started off with the whole Harvey Weinstein thing uh, and let's just say offhand, the guy's not been convicted of anything yet, but it seems pretty clear from the weight of evidence that he's, you know, he's a bit of a dog, to say Even if he
0: didn't do anything illegal, it's still incredibly unscrupulous behaviour.
1: If it's true, and I'm sure there just seems to be an overwhelming amount of people who all have exactly the same story. Um, So I think he's a horrible guy. I don't think it's, I think it's probably quite commonplace. That whole casting couch thing was right the way back. I mean, um, for God's sake, it wasn't somebody from uh, Goldwyn Mayer, either Mayer or Sam Gold, Some one of them exposed himself to Shirley Temple for crying out loud, and she was about nine years old or something, less. less. Um, okay. So, yeah, it's, it's the whole Hollywood thing's pretty creepy anyway. And I think, okay, I'm going to say some slightly controversial. I think with a lot of... Uh, Okay, here's what gets me, especially with Weinstein. A lot of these people who now come out the woodwork and say that, well, we, we knew this all along, right? It was an open secret in Hollywood that Weinstein was a bit of a predator. And you go, really? Well, this is funny because you had plenty of things to say when Donald Trump made these remarks about grabbing women by the pussy. You had a lot, a hell of a lot to say about that. And yet, at the same time, you knew that this guy was up to no good and you kept your mouth shut. What were you afraid of? Uh, you weren't going to go to jail. You weren't, uh, I don't think he was going to kill you. I don't know if, if there's any allegations that he was that bad. I don't think you were going to get carted off to a concentration camp. All that would have happened was it would have damaged your stinking, lousy career. So your career was actually more important than virtue. And warning and, and, and putting the heads up, saying, "Look, this guy's like that," so other people would have been saved from the from the consequences of that actions. But you decided to stay silent for your own lousy benefit, and that's what really pisses me off about the whole Weinstein thing. All these people: Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, who else was? It? Um, Brad Pitt, uh, Angeline Jolie. You know the the virtue signalling, self righteous liberal left of Hollywood knew that this guy was up to this, and they said, zip. And what would have happened realistically if someone
0: like Brad Pitt had come out and said this? I mean, okay, supposing he stops being an A-list actor and only gets in B-list movies. Wouldn't everyone go, well, that's kind of suspicious. Brad Pitt used to be a very well-acclaimed actor, and now all of a sudden his career's taken a dive. I wonder why that might be. Mm -hmm. I don't really think they'd be risking that much, unless there's a whole network of things going on,
1: you know, uh, which there may well be. As I think f- it possibly does run deep. I mean, f- I know he was quite, I know that Weinstein was quite uh, close to the Clintons. Um, I wouldn't, do you know what? I would be, wouldn't be. would be surprised if Harvey Weinstein ended up fucking dead. Do you know what? I I, if, I wouldn't be surprised to read in the paper that he'd slipped in the bathtub or something like that, because I reckon this guy probably knows quite a lot of shit mm. about a lot of people. Um, so watch this space for Did for you
0: actually say that some of the people who've come out attacking him were the same people that called his praises out when they were accepting rewards? When uh, Gwyneth
1: Paltrow did. I know Meryl Streep uh, called him God. <laughs> don't say it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she just shouted God a lot um, at some point, no when she was getting her Oscar, I can't remember for what uh, role it was, but she said this goes out to God, otherwise known as Harvey Weinstein, why would you say that if you actually know that the person's uh, a creep?
0: That's um, sad Yeah.
1: That's and so, that, so that's the American side of things In the UK, uh, there's been uh, a massive amount of uh, it's turning into a dog pile now of allegations uh, about uh, members of Parliament and the whole culture of Westminster and indeed uh, Holyrood in Scotland. There's uh <laughs> from Hollywood to Holyrood, uh, and it is Holyrood apparently. There's a lot of uh, creepery and stuff going on in there according to the allegations. But here's the thing, there are so many allegations now it's actually hard to keep up. And the, the definition of abuse and harassment is so wide that it could be something, As uh, simple as saying to somebody, "Oh, you look rather sexy in that dress," Um, or you know, if I was ten years younger, I'd uh, well, I think somebody said something. If I was ten years younger, I'd smash your doors in or something like that, which is (laughs) rather crude. But uh, I think you know, if if I was ten years younger, you know, you know, or something like that, I'd love to kiss you, marry you, whatever. Bukaki, you. <laughs> fucking hell, man! <laughs> I don't know. I just had to go Jesus. there. Somebody wanted to get that envelope out. I've jammed but it the, so far. The,
0: yeah, I mean, the thing is, the reoccurring trend. I mean, turning to the Kevin Spacey thing before yeah. we get back to Holyrood, is I was just speaking to you about a year, a year and a half yeah. ago about someone I knew who said a friend of theirs, American, um, American friend of mine, a friend of theirs. Was in the cinema with Kevin Spacey, uh, a young man, and Kevin Spacey came on them, okay. and this was one of two did he, stories. Did make a I hole heard. in the bottom
1: of the popcorn okay <laughs> I know. It's as long Gee, as you get the headline, as long young. as
0: you get the shit for this, not me. <laughs> I heard two distinct stories okay. of. Kevin Spacey going after young boys. Now they weren't adolescents, but they were significantly younger than him. So I, I
1: kind of two, so so young boys. What were the teenagers?
0: So that means, yeah, maybe late teens, early twenties. So not that young, but certainly significantly younger than Kevin Spacey. So I already knew that he was after younger boys. I didn't know, you know, teenagers or whatever. But I would say. Again, that suggests that this was common knowledge. We had the same thing with Jimmy Savile here in the UK, mm-hmm. a notorious paedophile. Yeah. And well, so many people knew.
1: Kevin Spacey, to my knowledge, is not a paedophile. Okay, I would just... It's you clarifying. Yeah, what he did uh, to be repugnant, I think you could accuse him of being a pederast but he's not a paedophile. I know it sounds like an academic distinction, but paedophilia is actually interesting in more... people and children. Uh, and to my knowledge, uh, Kevin Spacey has not been accused of that. But anyway, sorry, yeah. So, but Jimmy Savile was a rampant paedophile. Uh, paedophile.
0: And so many people knew about uh, There's even uh, an excerpt on YouTube from the Sex Pistols being on television around the time and said, oh, and there's this thing about J- Jimmy Savile going on around Mm-hmm. but none of us are we're not allowed to talk about that are yeah. we yeah, yeah. you know johnny rotten yeah. uh, pointing it out without saying yeah, it way back uh, way back there's so many other accounts david Ike
1: was banging on about it yeah, years ago um, as well. although it didn't help he was going on about lizards for of space at the same true. time it kind of muddied the waters slightly sure but, yeah. but
0: the, the thing is he said a whole bunch of things like that were true because if people knew about conspiracies He's the person they go to. They contact David Icke and yeah. they, they talk to him because he was a high-profile, pro- comparatively speaker. So if you knew something about Jimmy Savile or or anything like that, he was saying that um George Bush Senior. <clears throat> he yeah. said on the Russell Brand show, George Bush Senior was a notorious paedophile. Now there's been allegations made about George Bush Senior. Uh, at the time. Uh, being the strange ADHD guy that Russell Brand was, maybe he's recovered somewhat. He, he burst into fits of laughter and said, "I said say something controversial. I didn't say that George H. W. Bush is a nonce." Yeah. And then he went to he asked the people to check if it was illegal for David Icke to say that on the air. Right, and the studio got back to him and said, Yep, that was illegal. You're not allowed to say that in the air. But it, obviously the cat was out of the bag by that 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 okay. point or you could but the thing is this is obviously rampant and there's mm-hmm. this whole network of cover ups and why is that? I've heard one theory which is if you wanted to get people to do stuff, they had to have a secret in their closet. Yeah. And in the old days it was enough to get a gay person. Yeah. And if they didn't do if they didn't play ball, you expose the fact they're gay. Yeah. Well, we now don't judge people for being gay. Yeah. So the they had to ramp it up, and they had to start soliciting pedophiles and putting them in positions of power, and then they can say, well, you know, if you if you yeah. go out of line, yeah. you, we're going to we're going to we'll expose, expose you. you as a pedophile, mm. and that is maybe why all this stuff about. Um, Savile only came out after he died, Mm -hmm. because Savile would have known about so many other pedophiles in power that he was untouchable, because if they exposed him, he'd expose everyone else. Now, the question is, uh, well, that's one theory. Another theory, we always hear, oh, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But is it that power corrupts, or is it that corruption seeks power?
1: I think it's probably the latter. I think corruption's in all of us, um, to a, a greater or lesser degree. Um, but definitely, if you're in a position of unchallenged and unbridled and uh, unaccountable power, which I guess somebody like Harvey Weinstein would be, and to a degree maybe Jeremy Savile was, uh, then you know you, that corruption just gets c- completely out of control. Um, but, I mean, it's culminated, basically, there's a guy called, uh, this is in Metro, Fallon uh, yeah, Quetz over, over Sleaze. this guy was the defence minister, Sir Michael Fallon, he's resigned, saying, wait, this is his quote, soldiers would not be allowed to behave in the way he has in the past. Right, okay, so which way did they behave? The minister was caught up in a sexual harassment scandal engulfing Westminster after it emerged. He repeatedly put his hand on a journalist's knee. During a Panty conference dinner in two thousand one, is that it? Really? I can't. Have that. He resigned over that. And right, I'm, I'm talking as an ex-soldier here, right? Uh, and he's saying, since soldiers would not be allowed to behave in the way he has in the past, uh, putting your hand in somebody's knee. I could tell you some horrific uh, stories about you know what goes on in the barracks, uh, and you know soldiers can behave incredibly badly well I mean, um, you train not to have the same level of empathy for yourself as others you need to well yeah, you end up dehumanizing especially the enemy but you end up dehumanizing yeah. people uh, in, in particular i mean uh, there was all sorts of things went on uh went well i was a, a member of the army uh, both against men and, and against women um so some of the stuff i mean frankly there was I can remember there was bukkake parties going on in, in the Fucking barracks. Up. Yeah, yeah, seriously. On uh, guys
0: uh, or on women? Or uh,
1: most, what? Mostly on women, but I can remember one instance, at least, where a, a recruit in the parachute regiment was subjected to... Uh, frankly a bukkake uh, I yeah i know uh, amongst other things now, that was that they, they didn't get away with that that was that was exposed and the the, the people who did it were, were kicked out or whatever i don't know if any of them actually done any time um but it's uh, there's there's some there's some horrible things goes on so so i mean putting your hand on somebody's knee and the person that he put his hand on is a woman called julia hartley brewer who's a, a Sorry say posh totty. Can I say that? Why not? Uh, I've already got myself in enough trouble. Um, She is a broadcaster. Uh, She's now about 49, something like that. A good looking woman. Um, And apparently it was her that that he put his hand upon her knee years ago. Now, even she has said herself, uh, if this guy's resigned over that, then it's a bit it's the stupidest resignation in in history really um unless there's there's more to come and he's just bailing out now while he can right, I really right. don't know but if that's if it's merely over that instant I don't think somebody if he's good at his job why would you possibly resign over that uh I mean politicians I, I think in Britain were scandalized by it I think in Italy and France and places like that it's like that's pretty much par for the course with politicians Um, you look back at politicians here in the UK like Lloyd George um, their sexual behavior just would not be uh, acceptable Mm -hmm. uh, you know by today's standards but it didn't make him any less a statesman um, or any less good at his job Um, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know whether that there is. A, it's really as big a scandal as it's it's been made out to be in the press, or whether the definition of harassment is just so wide that it's, you know, and like it's a dog pillar everybody's like, oh, me too, me too, me too, that happened to me 20, 20 years ago, a guy said an off-color remark to me in Parliament.
0: Right, so um, we, we need to have really more clear delineations yeah. so that people can look at the severity of things. But, but what's
1: just a quickly, like, it's becoming trial by uh, Twitter, and, and, you know, there, there are all sorts of allegations now flying about on social media, uh, and uh, one of the allegations was against Rory Stewart, MP, uh, I've got. He's a guy, a conservative MP who I've got a lot of respect for. Um, and it turns out that the allegations were complete nonsense. And even the woman that was uh, that was implicated in it has backed the MP and said, "Look, this 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 allegation is complete and utter nonsense." So it's getting to the stage where people can just make allegations left, right, and centre willy nilly, and it's it's taken as gospel. And yeah, you and can't it, really it, have it that.
0: Concerns, it's concerning because it looks like there is some serious abuses going on yeah. and one de-emphasizes the other. So maybe sure. it's a tactic to just um, gain dismissal. And one of the interesting things is a lot of the time it ends up people who present themselves as squeaky clean or yeah. doing some good. Uh, obviously, Jimmy Savile is a prime example because he did Gemma Fix It where mm. he helped organize things for, you know, what was it for people children who had a dream he helped yeah. organize their dreams. Yeah. Then with Kevin Spacey, it's, it's interesting because one of the interesting things is that House of Cards I thought was a revolutionary show when it came out because politicians had always been represented as shady characters, but usually they were must twiddling villains, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Whereas caricatures caricatures. Whereas House of Cards presented them as people with complex emotional lives, but truly psychopathic. And he's meant to be exposing the annals of power and he's got a dark secret in his pocket. And the weird thing is when I read his statement, apologizing for touching, for being inappropriate with this boy mm-hmm. several years ago at the party, I could not help but read his statement yeah. in the accent of Francis J Underwood, the, the character he plays, yeah. because it was just as glib, it was just the kind of thing that yeah. his character would say. So I read his statement in a Southern accent.
1: Yeah, and I think he's, he's also getting some flack, uh, probably quite rightly, for using, I mean, for years, uh, although people generally suspected that Kevin Spacey was a gay man, he always kept his sexuality under wraps. I mean, he never came out. He never said anything about it. It was to him. It was his, it was personal, and he would not say year or me whether he was or not. And a lot of people are now giving him flack for you for, for when using. he made the statement about this guy, this young lad that he that he tried to get into take to bed. um He used that as a moment to come out as a gay man, which as a shield. Yeah, some people uh, are yeah, accusing him yeah. of that. I think sure. I think it's probably right. I think I think they're right to give him flack for that. Yes.
0: For that. And there was people complaining that he's tarring uh, gays with the same brush. Although, you'll have to fact check me on this, but I believe I once read that gays are actually one of the least likely demographics to be paedophiles. Um, so
1: Well, I think it's just that the overwhelming majority of people, well, that we know about, is they, they seem to be predominantly heterosexual, if you will. Um, but it could be just the case that um, the, 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 there's more likelihood of you being exposed when it's when it's a heterosexual right. case. You know, maybe maybe boys don't uh, are, are less likely to report it or speak about it. I've got no idea, mm-hmm. um, but and certainly they, the statistics would suggest that most saying, pedophiles it's, it's, it's girls they go for.
0: There's people saying, largely on the alt right, that there's a movement to normalize pedophilia. And in the future pedophilia will be recognized as another sexuality i wouldn't just surprise like, me. I, i'm i'm skeptical about it why i just don't i just cannot see the vast majority of people saying oh yes that's okay like you know oh some men just love small well, boys. Well, let me let me, okay, with okay, well, let, girls. let me
1: let me fly this one right and see if you, you know put this one up the flagpole and see if you sure it. Uh, In some countries, you can make a decision about your gender at the age of as as young as seven years old. You can make a decision to have gender realignment surgery. Now, if you are judged to be capable to make a decision, uh, a life changing decision like that, why would you not? And I'm not advocating this, I I stress this, I'm not advocating it. But if it could be felt that you can make that kind of decision at that age, why wouldn't you be allowed to make a decision? Well,
0: about... I'm uh, you're asking the wrong per- yeah. person yeah. because I would say a seven year old is not qualified. Yeah. I would say they're not qualified to make that decision until they're adult. Yeah, and you how, know, how old's I'm, an adult. I'm willing to take. Well, I mean, in this society, uh, eighteen definitely no younger than sixteen. I would say maybe even 21 i well, i have we, des- really decided me.
1: that at 16 in this country you're old enough to decide the destiny of a nation at the ballot box you, you know you can make that decision you can even get married you can get married and have kids at 16 but you can't watch somebody else having sex until you're 18 and you cannot have a drink of alcohol at your own wedding at 16. is Scotland. that true are
0: you not allowed to drink at private events
1: you're not. No, you're not allowed to drink. They can't serve you. Uh,
0: I mean, we can go off on all sorts of tangents about yeah. this. I mean, I think one of the silliest ways we've engineered our society is so that people uh, move out of their parents' house, go to university, and are first allowed to drink legally all at the same time. That sounds like a pretty stupid thing, you know. You don't need to uh, go from zero to to infinity.
1: But I mean, if you yeah, but as libertarians, I mean, at what point should the government decide that you're not allowed to have a drink?
0: Well, is it the, this is the question. We have a state society and a line needs to be drawn.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: hopefully in Ancapistan, um, different things would be tried out and the best sure. solutions would be found through the trial and error. So, shall we move on to our next topic? Yeah, let's. Let's. So, the Scottish government has announced a smacking ban. Uh, has it gone through or is it still to be voted upon?
1: Uh, I think it's pretty much gone through so i'm sure somebody can uh, can let us know about that but let's just take it let's just talk about it as a proposal as a proposal yeah um i'm in two minds about this um the okay now make your make your case first what do you think you've got quite a strong feelings well that's the
0: thing i'm ambivalent about it as well right? yeah I, de- I i i believe in the peaceful parenting thing yeah i think that Stefan Molyneux made the case strongly enough that smacking is a violation of the NAP um, okay. I've heard arguments from libertarians like why is the government interfering in the way that people parent well how far are you going to take that you know are if if what you, you know using a soldering iron on a child uh, is is the children aren't your property at best you oh, so i sure murray rothbard would, well would disagree let's with come you. to my yeah, rothbard yeah, there yeah. i don't think children are your property at best you could say you are you're borrowing them from their future self and you have a responsibility to deliver them to their future self and um, whether that means i support the smacking ban or not is another question okay although you could say if you accept that um smacking is a violation of the NEP, then you've got no right not to think that, um, you've got no right to say that it shouldn't be considered assault just like like hitting anyone else. Uh, Murray Rothbard's view was basically that uh, parents didn't even have a right, a responsibility to feed their children. And he also said that if the child runs away, the parents don't necessarily have uh, have a right to, to, yeah, to the child, kind of take the child back. Yeah. Now, I think most libertarians, including acolytes of Murray Rothbard, um, Walter Block included uh, Stefan Molyneux, I don't know if he's an acolyte of Murray Rothbard, but he's certainly done some thinking on these issues, have said, well, no, Murray Rothbard was wrong on that because what he missed out is by fathering a child you've already or mothering a child you've already um you're responsible for the consequences yeah. of your actions and I think that's the correct libertarian position you, no one forced you to b- bring a child into the world Murray Rothbard wasn't against abortion either so the thing is no one's forced you to do it if you bring a child to term um, and obviously if you're against abortion if you conceive See, yeah. then you've done that. Uh, that's that's a consequence of your actions. Therefore, you're responsible to the child. I think that's the correct uh, position okay in favor of the smacking ban. I would say it seems to have not done much harm in the other European countries and other places that have been banning it since the late sixties, the, the, the early seventies. And even though in many of those places the consensus was against. The smacking ban mm. since then most parents the vast majority we're talking about maybe in the 90s a percent say it's a good idea yeah so it seems to have not been that bad and um, that in favor of that it sends out the right message if i mean we can talk briefly about why you might be against smacking i'll just i'll just 93 percent of studies on the subject have concluded that spanking is harmful to children uh, which is an unheard of consensus in the social sciences, you never get that much consensus in the social sciences. The only benefit, no one's ever produced a shred of scientific evidence that spanking is beneficial to children, Uh, the only possible benefit is that it gains immediate compliance So, so, but so with pointing a gun at a child, so it's not really clear that immediate compliance is necessarily a benefit, but you can make an argument that it is one. The literature seems to suggest that doing it too often can result in children being chronically defiant and that the kids that were not spanked were better behaved in school than the kids that were spanked on the whole. Well, why? Because you're...
1: (laughs) <laughs> right. So I'll I'll tell you after. Because you're because
0: yeah. say at home you're very regulated. Well, then at school you're no longer in the same level of regulation. So you, you go nuts. Spanking has been led to um a shaving off up to five IQ points. Uh, parents seem to have a poor relationship with their children if they spank than if they didn't. Um, children were more likely to resort to violence as a means of solving problems and they were more likely to smoke, twice as likely to develop drug and alcohol addictions, more likely to develop anxiety disorders and depression, more likely to show symptoms of PTSD, more likely to display antisocial behaviour and abuse their spouse or children later on in life. And finally, and you can say, you know, I was attacked for saying this once online, because I said they're more likely to enjoy masochistic sexual behaviour later in life and i was told that that was taken out of the dsm and was no longer seen as dysfunctional or mental illness so you shouldn't say there's anything bad about enjoying masochistic sexual behavior i leave that to you to decide so that's the that's those are the reasons you might not want to spank your kids the question is whether the government saying sorry you're not allowed to do it so against the law is any better first of all that's not telling parents what to do instead of spanking. That's not giving them excellent negotiating and parenting skills. Secondly, and they might just do something else, which which might end up being worse. You know, they might just yell at the kids all the time. They might call them names. They might swear at them. They might lock them in the room without dinner for nights in a row. Who knows what they'll do? Dope them up. Dope them up. They might put them on these fucking prescription pills. Yeah. So this is the argument against the removal of a negative is not the application of a positive positive. Okay. plus what the fuck are you going to do with the parent that spanks their child are you going to put them in prison yeah. and then they'll be without a parent at all so that's why i'm ambivalent even though i i'm not against it yeah i can't come out and champion it and say i'm strongly for it if you say are you for the smacking ban i respond well i guess i, I
1: guess. mean i would I would be less concerned about this move on behalf of the scottish national party if it didn't go hand in hand with other legislation that seems to be extremely authoritarian and removing parental responsibility away from uh, and rights away from parents and assuming them into the state for example the named person legislation which is going to make has, is going to put a guardian uh, a state guardian uh, for every child in scotland Um, I think that, uh, in tandem with this piece of legislation, is extremely problematic, Um, and therefore that's why I kind of have have a problem with it. I think, like a lot of things, I think smacking's probably on its way out anyway. Yes. Um, I think most people would rather not... I don't think anybody... I'm saying anybody. I think most people don't want to spank their kids. Uh, and I think a lot of people would admit that in a lot of instances where they have smacked their kid it's probably been a, a lack of skills on their part and, and more to do with them losing patience than it is any kind yeah. of meaningful sort of discipline I or anything else. An but well, here's the thing get when, on the internet. People yeah, but people would say like, Okay, why would you smack a child? You wouldn't you wouldn't smack an adult. Well neither would you lift up an adult and put them to bed either. right Right? neither would you force an adult you're not forced yeah you wouldn't say right okay now's your dinner time there's you know unless you're unless you're feebly minded if somebody was an adult you wouldn't pick them up and put them in the car and strap them in and force them to go somewhere with you Mm -hmm. so there's i think up until you're whatever age that is if you're old enough to run away and run your own life when you're nine years old you know that's up to you but up until that point where you can make decisions for yourself and look after yourself i think parents have certain rights over their kids. Um, and well, I mean,
0: uh, you you know, you, you're you allowed to grab your child if you think they're going to run into traffic. Well, yeah. I, I guess you're allowed to grab an adult if you think they're going to <laughs> yeah, run into traffic. Yeah. The, the thing is, obviously- But there's a
1: lot of things you do with children that you would not do, do with, an adult. with
0: an adult. That's certainly true. And, but the, 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 I think the problem here is, well, the, up until that age, nine or whatever it is, that is when the brain is forming, that is when children are the most vulnerable. In many ways, the, the, the personality adapts to the environment in those years. And I think, but well, this is why I think, you know, spanking, stopping spanking is not enough. I've read a couple of really great books on dealing with kids. Yeah. And when I was a classroom assistant, I tried out the techniques. So yeah. I know from firsthand experience, but they work really well. Yeah. A great one is how to talk so kids will listen and listen so kids will talk. Another one is parent effectiveness training. Those are for more grown-up kids though yeah. than, than nine-year-olds. I think this is the fear is here, right? I I'm I don't think it's under dispute that spiking's harmful. You know, as many people who watch this know, I'm a therapist and uh, I've looked into the neuroscience as well. I understand how trauma works, right? Trauma tends to happen in a circumstance where you experience a real or perceived threat to your life, and you you experience that in a state of helplessness. Yeah. If you're not in a state of helplessness, you go into fight, flight, or freeze. If you are in a state of helplessness, you can experience a trauma. Now, I would add that real or perceived is very, very important because you don't actually have to have a threat to your life to experience a trauma. It only needs to be perceived. Now, for a small child, grabbing them and holding them down and hitting them can be perceived by the neurology as a threat to their life, and they also experience it in a state of helplessness. So I think it's the exact circumstances mm-hmm. where a trauma can be experienced. Yeah. That's not to say that it always will be and certainly not to say that parents who do this, that's what they want to achieve. Yeah. Certainly not. But I, I fear that. And, and I think if you want the government to do something, we are on the unfortunate position of having a public broadcasting company. They can broadcast this information, get the experts on and also put shows on Demonstrating the alternative means that have been proven, they can go to the science. They can go to these experts that come into people's house and yeah. teach. You know, they can put they can super put Nanny shows on of. it. Uh, again, super nanny's more in the kind of authority. Yeah, it's, it's a step in the right direction, but it's not all the way in the right direction. But the the people need to know what they ought to do not just what they ought not to do Sure. and this is in the communication literature so,
1: so do you advocate are you saying that any kind of punishment is is not uh is not helpful i would say it
0: depends how you define a punishment and it, it depends on the circumstances this could be a whole other yeah. conversation okay. that we can have but um I think the problem with punishment is it focuses children on the negative consequences of their actions to them. Mm. So it doesn't, like supposing your son kicks your daughter and you say, go to your room, or you punish them, however you want, spank them, take away their toys. Do you think he's in there thinking, oh, you know, I really did wrong. I hurt my sister. Or is he thinking, I hate my sister. Next time I'm not going to get caught yeah and when they're not looking i'm really going to show her for telling on me so the thing is punishment has the ability to make people mad and focus their attention on other people rather than instilling in them a sense
1: of values then, then why punish parents for smacking their children then <laughs> well you know that's a
0: great question and hmm. and and this is the thing this is the question um What do you want as a result? Mm -hmm. You know, we've had conversations before about how we think prisons should be and whether they should rehabilitate criminals or whether they should be for the specific purpose of making people suffer. Mm -hmm. I define punishment as any action which is selected deliberately to make another person suffer in order to get them to change their behavior. With the goal of that, it doesn't mean you're gonna succeed. So, for example, let's take the example that I've used before. If you've got a student in the school play and they don't learn their lines, and you take their part away from them and give it to another child after they've been warned, I do not consider that to be a punishment. That is a consequence because you said, well, if you don't learn your part, the play can't go on. So. We're gonna to have to give it to someone else. So 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 that is a consequence of their actions. But if you give them a week of detentions as well, that would be a punishment.
1: But that'd still be a consequence of their actions. If they if you say, right, if you if you screw this play, brought not a play, but let's take another instance to say if you behave in this manner, you will get, I don't know, the cane, right? Okay. So if you then do that knowing that the cane is the punishment, then that's a consequence of your actions as well. I
0: don't think it's this I don't think it's the same thing. And okay. it, it is a fine line here. So that, that
1: kind of needs to be okay. Yeah, but well, we're, we're kind of drifting in another territory. Well, right If of, you yeah. want if
0: people watching want to yeah. pick us up, then we'll do some prep
1: for it. I mean the only thing I would say is I, I'm I'm much more open to this. I mean probably when I first met you I was kind of a bit more old school. I still wasn't in. Back, I probably would have been, I'd be probably somebody who would say, well, it didn't do me any harm. Right. But the question, but the more important question is, did it do you any good? And I think I've heard a lot of people, for example, religious people have heard a lot of Christians, for example, take this phrase from the Bible, right. you know, spare the rod and spoil the child. OK, the rod its the shepherd's rod. Is, the rod is a symbol, biblically speaking, scripturally speaking, the rod is always a symbol of authority. Okay, uh, sorry, the law, symbol of the law. Um, the scepter was a symbol of, you know, the rod and the scepter. The scepter was a symbol of authority, and the rod was a symbol of the law. So, what it's is saying is, you know, spare the law, and suppose, in other words, if you don't give your child guidance and rules and boundaries, you'll spoil the child. It does not mean that you should hit your kids. Uh, that That is not what the scripture is saying there. Um, but at the same time, I'm not in favor of criminalizing parents for meeting out what I would consider to be reasonable a smack on the backside uh, I don't think is is, I get I but I'm open and I I think if you can bring up your children without hitting them it's probably a good idea and I but I just think it was and here's another thing you know as a man Uh, I think it's true that that people surveyed most women who smack their children say that they are far more likely to smack their boy children than they are to smack their girl children. I know when I was at school, we had corporal punishment. Corporal punishment was, in fact, boy punishment 99.9% of the time. Uh, And then people say, oh, that's probably because boys act up a lot more. Well, you know, maybe there was a lot to act up about, you know. There's Um, there's, uh,
0: actually some truth to that because men, boys are more... Oh, I can't remember the word, but boys are more likely to act out, whereas yeah. women are more likely, girls are more likely to act
1: in. Are you so suggesting that there's gender, d- differences, there gender beyond differences, differences beyond genitalia and, and social gender. programming?
0: There are gen- there are proven gender differences. Wow. Women are far more likely to uh, develop things like eating disorders and things like that because right. they act in, whereas men are more likely to end up with, and um, sex addiction and other kinds of addictions, because they act out. Uh, transactional is the word. Okay. So if you hit your boys, they're more likely to hit at school. Yeah. Whereas if you hit their your girls, they're more likely to develop up self. It's sad to see. I've got the more female model of minds. I act in. I do not act out. Um. Unfortunately, you don't have
1: the body of a female. <laughs>
0: otherwise, <laughs> you maybe, make a fortune. otherwise, you might have been married again. Well,
1: <laughs> that I
0: just I, I wanted to, to bring up an argument. I, I think I heard it first time from Stefan Molyneux. I okay. may have heard it from others, which I think is a really important one. You said you didn't think it did any harm, but it, mm. but the question is
1: whether
0: it did any yeah. good. And Stefan Molyneux made this argument very well. It's not just what you're doing when you spank or when you punish, it's what you're not doing. So you're not teaching the, you're not modelling the negotiation skills and the, the the kind of ways of resolving disputes and getting cooperation that you could otherwise be getting. For example, a friend of mine when we were having this debate many years ago said, well, once I ran away from home and when I got back You know, my parents spanked me to show the severity of it. But the thing is, if you say shout all the time, no one hears you shouting uh, anymore. It's how you use your severity. Another way to do that would be to take the child into the other room and say, you know, make a real serious tone about it and say, you know, your mother and I were very concerned about what you did. You know, put some gravity on it and also ask them, what were you thinking? What made you do it? And there you're actually creating a situation where you get to know your child better, they get to know themselves better, and they also know how to have a serious conversation about things, and then you have to set boundaries. Children, we all hear this all the time, children need boundaries. Mm-hmm. Spanking them isn't setting a boundary, it's, okay. just, it's just smacking.
1: Well, they fuck you up, your mum and dad. They don't mean to, but they do. As uh, they yeah. fill
0: you with the flaws that y- yeah. they had.
1: Yeah. And I can't so, remember, yeah, like, basically, just, just don't have you. kids. You know, the world doesn't need more people. You know, we're a fucking virus we choose. So, in that misanthropic note, let's uh, move, <laughs> move on. What do you have for us now, Our last Mr. Sam story. Ruff? Yeah.
0: Oh my God, the Scottish government is bringing out new legislations for landlords
1: okay. at the end of
0: this year. To finish on a light note, this what is What could you really, possibly
1: have against you know, getting rid of slum landlords and actually making life is, better for tenants?
0: This is going to be interesting. This is not go. going to be boring. Do not shut off. <laughs> let me just see, before we go on, let me see if we've got any comments from sure. our live viewers. Three
1: viewers. Thanks for listening in. Just
0: uh, Patrick Chapman saying Cyril Smith was a pedo. Who's that? Uh, Okay.
1: Uh, Cyril Smith was... That's highly rebellious. It's it's libelous. Well, for those of you who don't know, Cyril Smith was a liberal uh, MP. um, Obese. I don't know if they're allowed to call people obese anymore. He was a fatty. But he was a big, fat, uh, obese uh, liberal, liberal MP. And the allegations are that he was a paedophile but he's dead now and um there's no you know he hasn't been convicted of anything rather but then neither was savile but there seems to be uh rather a lot of uh evidence to suggest that that's what he was in he, he, spanking young boys <laughs> but yeah so uh, two birds with one stone there have done the paedophilia thing and the spanky thing at once um but yeah moving on so Uh, The Scottish
0: Government should get smacked for trying to help tenants because this is not going to help, it's going to make things worse and we'll explain why I'm sure. Okay, so starting on December the 1st of 2017, landlords and tenants cannot agree on the duration of the tenancy. So you're not allowed to say you're going to stay here for a minimum of six months, nine months, twelve months, yes. Can Can we sign a contract agreeing on a minimum, they can only agree on a start date. Can right. you fucking believe that? Can you fucking believe that?
1: I, I can't fucking believe it. I mean, I'm right. actually, I was speechless there, that's how much I couldn't believe it. Right. Um, and but there's some other madness as well. Yeah, yeah,
0: landlords can no longer end a tenancy without giving a reason. They can only end the tenancy at any time after the start date, but only if they satisfy one of 18 grounds that the government has specified that the, so you're not allowed to chuck your tenant out because you don't like them, uh, if, even if you give them appropriate notice. Yeah. Here's another one. Tenants can end the tenancy at any, any time, point. any time. All they need to do is give 28 days notice. So they can just say, yeah, I'm leaving in four weeks. Even if they're not allowed to, so, you, right, and landlord yeah there's some other stuff but those are the
1: main ones um, okay first of all if you get something, you get something I'm just more, saying
0: this isn't going to work the first thing it's going to do is it's going to make it difficult make it difficult for certain people to even move into a place because landlords are going to be far more discerning on who they're yeah. going to take in and then the next thing that's going to happen is this is just a stepping stone for them to introduce rent controls?
1: Yeah, that's where it's going. Do you think this might precipitate uh, even at this moment in time a lot of landlords just bailing out of the the, the rental property yeah. market and selling off?
0: Yeah, they're going to sell. Well, that's what that may be. What they want? Maybe right. they think that well, owning a house is abusive. Is um, an abuse of economic power, and they want people to sell out. Right. People are going to keep theirs empty, keep it as a um, for rel- visiting relatives, etc. something. They're, yeah, and they're going to crack down on Airbnb soon as well. Yeah, I'm fucking sure. I'm certain that they will, unless people stop them. So
1: basically, is it because the people out there maybe you know if they're not libertarian, maybe be going, oh, you know, what could you possibly have against this? Is this is this is to stop slum landlords? This is to stop the the abuses of uh, of evil landlords you know who don't give a toss about people and throw them out into the street and things like that but I think at the heart of things for a libertarian your property is yours to do as you see fit with and how yeah. you rent it out and who you rent it out to is entirely up to you um, the the more landlords that there are. And the more properties That's that there the are, point. then the, the the better the relationships between landlords and tenants will become. The less landlords that there are, then it, obviously the, you get a shit service. You know, the less yeah. less competition that you have, and
0: these things reduce the number of land. The more you legislate, the less property there will be to rent. Yeah. And um, what picking up on your point, yeah. if the target is slum landlords. Yeah then just target the slum landlords. Don't do a um, across-the-board legislation. Second of all, the one thing that the left do not seem to have in their vocabulary is market competition. Mm -hmm. That your best position as a consumer of anything, is to have as many service providers as possible. Yep. They seem to understand very well, oh, monopolies are bad for the consumer. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. And all your stupid, well-intentioned legislation it does is move the, move the market to be more monopolised by fewer people. If you really want to get rid of slum landlords, build 100,000 apartments. Build a million apartments. People will have to compete for tenants and the quality of service will go up and the price of services will go down. Oh, no, but we can't build that. Oh, but
1: rent controls work in New York, don't they? Uh,
0: No, they don't. Uh, You have people who want to move out of their apartment in New York that can't because if they move out, they'll have a higher rent, so they're just clinging on for dear life. Right, I just want to go through some of the previous government legislations which have clearly worked so well to improve the housing situation in the UK. Um, Restrictions on the use of land and buildings such as planning and zoning laws, building codes, height restrictions or you're not allowed to build above four stories, green belt policies restrict the supply of housing, the government decides how many people are allowed legally to stay in a flat so for example if you've got your student buddies you can't say hey i'll just move my mattress into your room and you in the other room Mm -hmm. we'll split the rent four ways it'll be cheap as crap we won't need to go into debt no you're not allowed to do that suppose why you're out at uni for 40 hours a week you're at your part-time job.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, you're at your part-time it's job. Another i yeah. I'm just I'm just sleeping at my flat. I don't really need it to be in very good condition. I've got a part-time job. I spend a lot of time in the library. Whatever. Yeah. Keep your costs down.
1: Yeah.
0: You're not allowed to do that, and that would obviously improve the quality of landlords because because more people were in fewer spaces. There'd be more flats available, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Help to buy schemes. Mm. We're meant to help people on low incomes buy their houses, but we all know the law of supply and demand. If you give those people money, the seller just goes, well, I know, I'll jack up the price that uh, that any subsidy is going to jack up prices. So low interest rates, the interest rates have been unprecedentedly low since like, what, the 60s, 70s? Okay, what does that people do? Well, I'm not going to save my money in the bank because I don't get much interest off that. Oh, look, a loan on a mortgage is really, really cheap. I know, I'm going to buy lots of house. I'm going to put my money in housing. Yeah. That jacks up the price of houses, which jacks up the price of rent. Tax privileges for mortgages on homes, same thing. Other policies drive demand through the roof. And then you've got all this stuff like landlord registration stamp duty in england which means you have to pay certain taxes to to buy or sell a house and hmo licenses in the uk which say you need to have this kind of fire door you need to have the fittings this way that they increase the price for landlords who ends up paying obviously obviously it's the tenant that pays for this stuff and so all of these things push the price of rent upwards this is a serious fucking
1: issue okay yeah but if you rent control you won't get the price of the rent going up (laughs) (laughs) that's the whole point of rent control stop the price of the rent going up
0: right so i think this is something that people who are on the left who say they care so much about the poor need to become aware of because according to the stats i got Between 1971 and 2011, house prices grew by 4,255% in the UK. Over 50% of young people in the UK believe they'll never own a place to live. Houses aren't expensive to build. A two-bedroom timber frame house costs £25,000. If you really want to help the poor, you really, really want to help the poor, Build a fuck ton of apartments, get the price of housing and the price of rent through the floor. Not only will it be cheap as anything to look after poor people, but all you people who aren't poor will have so much more money in your pocket that you can donate to causes, you can buy lots of stuff, which will mean that there's lots of jobs for the poor people. Why don't these people who say they love, love the poor Why aren't they talking about how the government is responsible for the high cost of housing and rent? And by the way, the reason why the government is non-partisan in this issue is because at any one time, nine times as many people own a house as are looking for a house. So they don't want to piss off the people who already own houses by allowing their house prices to drop so whenever there's like a house pricing crash or anything like that they print money and and they fiddle with the economy
1: make it stop sorry okay make it stop the, the, any, the problem is uh, one of yeah uh, while i'm chanting, you can probably see if we'll get any more comments or Okay. um problem is uh in the room is basically um you know, politicians will not admit this, but they want the, the whole economy is based on overinflated property prices. So if you let property prices drop, you'd love to see property prices I would. drop. I'd love to see property prices drop. However, there's a hell of a lot of people out there who don't want to see property prices drop because that's their investment. They've they've, uh, you, know, you know they can't wait to tell other people at dinner parties you know, how much the you know their property property's worth these days. Uh Frankly, if I had my way, your property, whatever it is, would be worth about four bob. Um, yeah, because then I could yeah. buy a house. And I'd be able to buy a house as well. Um, I mean, I'm not young. I'm 50, and I really don't have any. Not on the horizon, there doesn't seem to be any uh, way for me to, to own a home. Um, so I really think that it's not being honest about its intentions. It arm waves. It deals in platitudes. It talks about, you know, what they're trying to do is manage it so that they, they just build enough houses that, to to, to satisfy a little bit of the demand but they don't want to build that many houses that the price of property starts going down because that that means that the, the, basically property prices dropping did for the, yes. the last labor yes. government and it probably done for john major's government yes, as well so that john is major's the unwritten government. law thou shalt not let property prices drop and as long as that's the case I'm afraid we're in a hiding nothing in terms of getting poor people Yeah, and
0: no one's, no one's bloody talking about no, it. not no quantitatively. One. When I no. found out about this, it, you know, I, I wrote an article for the Scottish Libertarians website called The Hope of Affordable Housing. Check, Check it, it out. out. It's a really good article. Uh, the Cobden Centre took it on, so did the Venture. So it's in three Paris places yeah, now.
1: That's at www.scottishlibertarians.com.
0: Um, the Hope of Affordable Housing. And I talked uh, and I think this is the issue. This is this should be the only issue that people who say they care about the poor are taking, are talking about. Because if you could get the price of an apartment to thirty thousand pounds, that's affordable for working class people, you know. And um, so, so the the here's the the crux of the issue is if you ask me, <laughs> it's no coincidence that the government says you're not allowed to have four people to a two bedroom flat. It's got nothing to do with trying to protect them from slum landlords, it's got everything to do with keeping housing prices up. And, you know, fundamentally it comes down to the issue of why the hell have central governments given banks the right to set interest rates? What the hell?
1: The, whole, the, barreling the
0: whole point of the interest rate is that when lots of people are saving, interest rates go down. When lots of people are borrowing, interest rates go up, and the market reaches an equilibrium. Interest is meant to be the price of borrowing money. Then it's only when we have a market and borrowing money. We know what the best thing to do with that borrowed money is. The bank manager sees a bunch of entrepreneurs and says, yeah, your idea is pretty good. I'll lend you money. Nah, that are, uh, that idea is never going to fly. Get your money from someone else. Oh, you want to buy a house? How reliable are you? Well, looks like you'll be fine. I'll give you the loan. Who is worthy of borrowing money and who is not? And what really annoyed me after the crash of 2008, people were going, This is so unfair. The banks aren't lending money to small businesses. You were just complaining that they lent out money to people who weren't worthy of being at back. Of course, they're cautious about lending money to small businesses. You idiots. I'm going into meltdown here. Get the government out of banking.
1: Uh, get them out of everything to be quite honest with you uh, the more things government could be out of the better so on that uh, angry note um, for
0: God's sake for the love of God be libertarians yeah
1: don't be a lefty
0: or a righty